1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 18. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly and come to the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in hand, and shalt remain by the stone Ezel. Everybody say Ezel. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad, saying, Go, find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, Behold, the arrows are on this side of thee, take them, then come thou. For there is peace to thee and no hurt. As the Lord liveth. But if I say thus unto the young man, Behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way, for the Lord hath sent thee away. And then verse 33 And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him. Whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did eat no meat the second day of the month. For he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David. And a little lad with him. And he said unto his lad, Run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. And Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands up to the Lord right now? Ask God to help us in this place. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, speak to us in this place tonight. Let your word prevail in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter how great or small, you're able, God, to supply the need and to get us through our circumstance. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, clap your hands to the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to be a little slow tonight, not because I'm slow, but because I want you to understand. I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about defining your destiny. Defining your destiny. Every single person that you meet has a mark of destiny on them. That destiny has been implanted in their life by God. But the reality is that it takes several factors to get that individual into shape for the destiny that fits in his heart. Now, there are some positive aspects that move us toward that place, such as a well-disciplined routine, commitments to doing the hard tasks, and having a toughness 
to deal with obstacles. There are also some very negative and trying things that often come into the path of a man who is on his path of destiny. There will be circumstances beyond your control that you will not be able to change except by patience. One writer said it like this, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There are painful choices that you will have to endure the consequences of. There will be critics who will do their best to pull you down because your success makes them uncomfortable with themselves. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. But we have to know that when God has us marked out for a place of destiny, that we will get there if we are faithful and committed to the cause. I'm sure you're aware that we have a man here in David who has already been anointed to fill the role as the king of Israel. But there will be a thousand weary burdens he has to contend with before he gets there. I share some quotes with you. Some of them I have nothing to tie, no one to tie to them. They're simply unknown. It says, I was never of any use until I found that God did not intend to make me a great man. Another quote said, don't worry about doing something great. Be great by doing what you can where God has placed you. It will pay off after a while. Winston Churchill said, it is a mistake to look too far ahead. Only one link of the chain of destiny can be handled at a time. I rise on this Sunday night to tell First Pentecostal Church that we are on the brink of something incredible. That we are destined individually and collectively for a mighty move of God. Ultimately, we are destined for a rapture. But I want to tell you tonight, it won't be without disappointment. It won't be without a fight. It won't be without a struggle. But when you keep your hands in the hand of the master, you've got to know he's got your destiny in mind. And he's going to do everything that he can to see that you get there. And you will get there. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil cheat you out of it. God's got a place for you. God's got an idea for you. God's got a plan for you. The Bible tells us that David found himself in a precarious spot, but he had a friend. He had a friend named Jonathan. And Jonathan said to David, he prophesied to him and warned him ahead of time that there was about to be some things happen in his life that he was going to have to prepare for. Can I tell you, church, that what's about to happen will not come just simply because we show up. But it's going to happen because we make preparation. Sometimes fear 
can literally get a chokehold on us to the extent that our faith is almost lifeless. I was talking to Brother and Sister Shaw and Brother Noah today. We had lunch together and I was talking to them about several years ago. We were having three services a day. Our staff was exhausted. We were doing everything we could. The little church next door was so jam-packed full. Choir loft was shoulder to shoulder. And when the choir was done singing, there wasn't no coming down off the platform to sit down somewhere. And so we were doing what we could to accommodate growth because I believe that the destiny of the First Pentecostal Church is to grow beyond where we are tonight. Amen. And so it was at that juncture that we decided it was time to do something. And I got to tell you that at the time, it was a difficult thing. This church hadn't been in debt for 30 years, and we were talking about building a million-dollar building. I'm, I'm, I'm owning up to that. And you got to understand, there were a lot of days that in my isolation, I found myself questioning myself, not God, because I knew what God had spoken I knew the destiny that God had designed. I knew what God had planned for this church. I told them when we were building this building, I said, I, I won't ever see all of the fruits uh, that are going to come to pass because we built this building. But I'm glad to say that I've lived long enough to see the hand of God. I was talking to Sister Darla this morning. She said, you know what? Things are happening just like y'all have been telling us they're going to happen. You might as well get ready. God is about to accelerate the process. Come on, they're coming from the north. They're coming from the south. They're coming from the east and they're coming from the west. Come on. God said, I want you to define your destiny. I'll define your destiny for you. Hey, church, I want you to hear me. God has defined our destiny, and hell can't stop it. There's not enough devils in hell that can stop it. So David finds himself in a place where, you know, the king is after him. He wants to take his life. He's not just, not just thinking about it. He's so angry. His fury is about to pour, be poured out into the life of David that will send him into caves, mountain passes, deep valleys, and anywhere else he thinks might be a place of security. But what sent him in that direction was the flight of some arrows. I want you to think about that for just a minute. Whatever you do, don't miss the fine details in the previous chapter that I read to you tonight. Saul sent his man to Naoth and Ramah to kill him. But the story ends by telling us that one after another, Saul's dark assassins and finally Saul shows up and yet every single one of them are held in the grip of the Spirit of God. Do you hear me? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You hear me, FBC? No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on, every enemy that rises up against us, the when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. 
God, you be seated, God would not let these men kill David. No matter how close they seem to get to him. We ought tonight to take great comfort in the fact that God has far more hedges about us than we're even aware of. Just as Saul and his assassins are held spellbound by the Spirit of God and unable to touch David, so is it with the saints of God. Now you, you... Brother Snow, there's no telling how many times you and Sister Snow were walking up and down that mountain and there was somebody somewhere in the bushes that would have done you harm. But when they looked up and saw you walking down the mountain or up the mountain, all they could see was encamped about you, the angels of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hey, I want you to know that if you're in the hands of God, The enemy does not have access to you. Come on. Come on. God's already defined your destiny. And he will not allow you to be destroyed in attaining your destiny. He's going before. The angels of the Lord will encamp round about them that fear him. prevailing reality in most of our minds is exactly that of David. We are only aware of our own panic, our own fear, our own anxiety, and worry. It can oftentimes be mind-bending and mind-numbing. It can oftentimes paralyze us on the journey to our destiny. I don't know about you, but I've got something in mind. Amen. I've got a destination in mind. Brother Snow, I don't know if it's going to be morning, noon, or night, but I know one thing. When I hear that trumpet sound, the next thing I want to do is for my feet to touch Come on, streets of gold. I want to walk through gates of pearl. You think I'm going to let hell stop that? You think I'm going to let discouragement stop that? You think I'm going to let fear stop that? Come on. You think I'm going to let depression stop that? I'm in the hands of the Lord. You're in the hands of the Lord. You're going to make it because he's defined your destiny. Come on, praise him right now. Well, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost doing something here. We're going to make it. I said we're going to make it. You've got what it takes to make it. You can be seated. Thank God for loyal friends. During times of duress, it's a great thing to be a Jonathan. If David didn't have Jonathan, he very well could have abandoned his calling, his anointing to be the king. He could have decided to quit. To give up. To go back to taking care of sheep. Perhaps there's something even worse than that that could have happened. He very well could have developed the murderous spirit of retaliation. Even with a madman. Hear me right now. I want you to listen to Bishop. That's why I want you to get to know those folks. That's why I want you to get to know those folks. Come on now. 
Because I'm telling you, everybody in this building at one time or another is going to go through a struggle, is going to go through circumstances and situations that they cannot make it on their own. You say, well, God can help them. No, you don't understand. Sometimes we're like that little boy. They said, they told the little boy, said, God will help you. He said, yeah, but I want a God that's got skin on it. Come on. You are God with skin on it. It may be that your brother or your sister needs you to just be beside them. Not to be their answer. Not to be their solution. But just be there with them and for them until they get through their dilemma. Jonathan comes to David and they work out a plan. Jonathan's going to sense the mood of Saul at the festival of the new moon. Saul will betray himself when he starts to question Jonathan about the absence of David. It's exactly what happens and there is a bitter, loud, raging argument between Jonathan and Saul to the degree that Saul snatches one of his javelins and tries to kill his own son. Ah, I'm telling you, when the enemy gets mad, he don't care who he takes out. But God does. Once the plan had been set into motion, we come to understand that within just a few yards to one side of a rock, destiny would be determined. Jonathan flees the house so he can activate the system that he and David had devised. Jonathan has already told David when he shows up in this field that he's going to shoot some arrows. If the arrows land before they get to this stone called Ezel, that's all is well. And if they're shot beyond it, then David will know he has to flee for his life. And so the plan is set into motion. Everything is happening. Just a few yards on one side of that rock, the arrows would land and David would flee for his life. It's often the way life is. Just a few yards of difference, a few days of difference, a few points shy of a grade. A few hours and the interview is completed. All of these details so closely linked together is how God moves us into our destiny. Out in the margins of some of your Bibles, the meaning of this stone, Ezel, is given. It is described as the stone that shapes or shows the way. It can even mean to depart or to go away or to disappear. Listen to me very closely. I'm going to minister to somebody in here right now. Every saint of God will find this place called Ezel. There'll be challenging places to be. Never easy, but they mark the path of your destiny. Hear me right now. I want you to understand when we have to say goodbye to someone or something, there can be a great pull on the emotions. When the Lord sends us or loved ones away, 
when the will of God changes for our lives and a relocation is involved. When a new job is taken. When a close friend moves away. When our children leave for college or the mission field. But we can find the presence of God in all of those events of life. God's presence gives us courage. The writer in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 1 said, When you go to battle, be thou not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. I want you to know no matter where you go, what you do, where you're headed, what your destiny is, that God's going with you and you don't have to be afraid. You can walk and go in courage. If you're in a battle right now, you don't have to worry. You're going to win. Come on. I said you're going to win. Why are you going to win? Because God's going with you. And the writer said, if God be for us, who can be against us? You find yourself on the way to your destiny, finding that God's presence comforts us in trials. Isaiah said, when thou passest through the water, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burned, neither the flame kindle upon thee. Hear me tonight, the stone of Ezel was the stone of destiny in David's life. He didn't know it because he was overwhelmed by the pressure around him. But I'm telling you, when God defines your destiny, all you have to do is simply walk by faith and not by sight. Come on. Things are not always as they appear. When God speaks to you, just go in the fear of God and know the hand of God is upon you and He won't let you down. He won't disappoint you. He won't leave you alone. He's got your destiny in mind. Come on, praise Him right now. The stone of Ezel was going to define David's destiny. Every saint of God will get there. You're going to get there. Every person will face their Ezel, their stone of destiny. Daniel described it as a stone that wasn't cut with hands. Isaiah said the stone was a sure foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Peter described it as a living stone, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. All of those are descriptions of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. And what we do with Jesus Christ will determine our destiny. Let me say it again. What we do with Jesus Christ will determine our destiny. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost just quickened something to me. There's some of you in this place tonight, you think that you have it all figured out. You think that you know exactly what you're doing and where you're going, but you don't. I said you don't. God does. Oh, hallelujah. You know what the scary thing is? The arrows are controlled by someone besides you. 
You're going to have to learn to trust somebody. Amen. Jonathan said, when I fire the arrows, we won't go through it again. You got the story. But David had to trust somebody that was out of his control to determine his destiny. Hey, hear me tonight. You may have a man of God in your life that you need to listen to tonight. That will help you determine your destiny. You may have to trust somebody else besides your own ability, your own talent, your own knowledge, your own understanding. Come on. Sometimes you just might just have to sit back and say, shoot the arrow and God, whatever you say, that's what I'm doing. I'm trusting you that you're going to use them to get me to where I need to go. That's why God gives us a five-fold ministry. The Bible said it's for the perfecting of the saints. It's a moment when you, we don't like this, but it's a moment when you learn how to lose control. I I know this is elementary. You finally learn that you have to give up your plans, your ideas, and your desires. The arrows are in someone else's hands. We must do everything that we can within our power to serve the Lord. But there are people that God graces our lives with that have greater, and might I add, God-given control than we may understand. What happens to far too many people is they end up fighting with the people who have the arrows in their hands. Don't fight with the archers. They're standing up here behind this desk. They're standing there on Sunday morning. They're standing there on youth night. Come on now. They're archers. God is defining our destiny by the archers. Those that are shooting the arrows. I pray almost every service for the word of God to go to its target as an arrow to its target because I believe that the man of God stands as an archer to determine, help us to determine and get to our destiny. Listen to me. It's time that we lose control and let the Holy Ghost have control. Here's the part that hurts and I quote, The arrow of God on the target may leave a scar on your heart. In the years to come, you may look back upon this time and your eyes fill with tears as you remember the moment when the arrow went beyond. But the Savior is alongside. He is reminding you of the blood He shed for you which takes you beyond the veil to a place of constant access to his presence is the blood that takes you outside the camp to a place of consecrated availability for his plan unquote there is a specific will of god for every one of us we cannot dither about life trying to figure out Where it is that God wants us. The arrows of God will have a specific direction that we must submit our lives to. As I was thinking about this today, Brother Looper, I was thinking about all of the people that have come came through this church. 
Sister Darla, all of those young people that were in our youth group when you were our youth leader, she was my youth leader. I know I look older than she does, but she was my youth leader. I think about all of those young people that have come, came through this church. They're not here right now because somewhere along the way they quit listening to the voice of God and started entertaining their own idea of what direction God had for their life. What destiny God had in mind for their life. I'm going to talk to everybody in this building right now and I may be taking maybe a little bit of uh, what's the word I want to use? I may be taking a little bit of, uh, of, of some space that I, I shouldn't be taking, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the will of God for anybody in this building to go anywhere. God's got a destiny in mind for this church, and He's got you in mind to be a part of what He's going to do. Listen, there's nobody... There's nobody that loves the work of God and a church like those that have been a part of it and have been invested in it. And God wants you to know He's got your destiny in mind and He needs you at FPC to fulfill that destiny. Well, my... I hope I didn't lose anybody right there. The last thing I know about the arrows is that you are left with nothing but God. After the arrows hit their mark, the direction has been set. And then it has to be walked out. If there had been any hesitation in David at this point, he would lose his life. The crown that was in his future and everything that God had in store for him. Don't you sell the prophetic short. I said, don't you sell the prophetic short. If it's been spoken into your life, don't you let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't you let the enemy lie to you and tell you it's not coming to pass. If it's spoken, it's coming to pass. Come on. I don't care if it was five minutes ago or 50 years ago. God still got it in mind. Your destiny is in his focus. I want you to lift your hands all across the building right now for just a minute. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, I pray for a prophetic anointing to fall upon this church right now. God, I'm asking you right now to let your word, God, help people right now in this building under the sound of my voice. To understand that you have determined their destiny. God, and that the enemy cannot, will not prevail in it in the name of Jesus. I pray for their faith right now, God, that it would prevail. God, that we would walk not by what we see or what we feel, but, but why, by what we know by faith that you're going to get us to it. Listen to me. I'm about finished, but listen to me. In biblical times, in biblical times, wine would be emptied from one vessel to another vessel in order to preserve its freshness and keep it from ruining. For it to be 
preserved. It had to be emptied out. Your life is like that tonight. A man's life is like that. Every prop that we may lean on is taken away from us because there are some demands of life that you must stand alone in. What do you mean, preacher? I'm just telling you that your destiny will require some things out of you that it may not require out of your wife. Your destiny may require some things out of you that it may not require out of your parents. It may not require out of other young people in the youth group. It may not require out of other ministers. Your destiny is yours alone and God would have you to know that He's got you in His hand. But you must walk with Him and trust Him and know He's going to get you to it. I found myself, I found myself a few months ago, I'm going to be honest with you, I found myself betwixt and between. There were some things in my own personal life, no sin, don't, don't make anything out of it that it's not. There were some things in my personal life and even in my ministry that I was questioning And I went to God in prayer. And God began to speak to me and assure me of some things. But He also reminded me that there were some things that I was clinging to that I needed to let go in order for Him to be able to get me to where He wanted me to go. I feel like telling somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, There's some things in your life that you need to let go because they are dragging you down and keeping you from getting where God wants you to go. You have divine destiny. God's got your destiny in mind, but it's up to you. It's up to you. You have a personal responsibility to take care of what it takes uh, to get you to that destiny. David was forced to leave the comfort of his friendship with Jonathan. The security of love that he found in his home with Jesse and his family. The potential for reconciliation with Saul. The boundaries of his own human security. It can be summed up in that old song that we used to sing years ago. Whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord. That's what I'll be willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever's in my life, God, that you can't use, I'm asking you, God, to remove it from me and put only the things in my life that I need for you to get me to my destiny. Stand with me tonight. I want to read you something. I want to read you the words to that old song. There's a voice calling me from an old rugged tree. And he whispers, draw closer to me leave this world far behind there are new heights to climb and a new place in me you will find 
and whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. Whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'll be willing to do. Listen to it. Take my houses and lands. Take my dreams and my plans. I place my whole life in your hands. And if you call me someday to a land far away, Lord, I'll go and your will obey. And whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. If you're here tonight and you've had doubts about your destiny, I'm telling you tonight that God has defined your destiny. God's got it all planned out. He just needs you to trust Him tonight. He just needs you to keep your hand in His and know that He's got it all in control. Come on, that's it. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. In the name of Jesus. Uh, come on. Sing it to the Lord as you come right now. church
show you something. Then we're going to pray. David was unable to know what was beyond that moment that day. Just as you and I are unable to know what's beyond this day in our own lives. But by virtue of history, we can know that there's some great things in the future of David's life. He would be victorious and fleeing from Saul. He would be a leader of the greatest band of soldiers that Israel ever had. He would rule Israel as their king in their brightest days. He would become a worshiper. He would become a psalmist. He would gather the materials to build the temple. He would be honored and revered the rest of his life. He'd be known as a man after God's own heart simply because he walked by faith and not by sight. There just as times when in our life when we need an infusion of faith. We know God can. Sometimes we wonder if He will. But tonight I'm going to pray. We're going to pray together. And I'm going to pray for the infusion of your faith tonight. That you'll understand that you're walking in divine destiny. And there's not anything that can stop that except you take your self out of the hands of God and so whatever you're going through right now wherever you're at in your experience with God I'm asking you to let the Holy Ghost come down right now and give divine infusion of faith come on would you lift your hands right now Lord in the name of Jesus Christ God you've got our destiny defined I'm praying right now for an infusion of faith God on every child of God in this house tonight. Help us, God, to walk by faith and not by sight. Let us walk in a supernatural understanding, God. You're going to get us to it. You're going to get us to it. You've got it in mind, God. You've got it defined and you know where we're going. Help us to trust you. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.